Boom! Welcome to Grown Dad Business. It's me, guys. It's me, Aaron Kleiber. What's up? We're doing it. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Am I back? I'm kind of back. We're back. It's been a minute. Uh, this is, I just, you know, over time, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I've been thinking, how am I going to come back and talk to you guys? Uh, how can I recap what has been going on during the pandemic? Uh, you know, and you want to catch up with people and you, you know, every time you're starting to catch up with someone, uh, after this long time, you know, like I've said multiple times, it's just like, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the pandemic, unemployment or the revolution, you know? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, hard to like, you know, <laughs> talk about anything at that point. But I, uh, I did have an amazing recap with, uh, some friends of mine from Pittsburgh, um, and I, I liked the conversation so much that I wanted to share it with you guys. And uh, I did it on a podcast called What Do We Do Now? It's with uh, my friends uh, Nathan Zub. Zub is a, a singer-songwriter. He's a, uh, in a rock band called The Recluse. And uh, he does musical direction for Pittsburgh Station's DVYEP. Uh, and Alan Olofsson, I've known him for quite a long time, is a comedian. And uh, he, uh, he was... Uh, he was the host of Pittsburgh's uh, Story Slam, and he has a book called Manchild. Uh, but these guys are, you know, super entertaining guys, fun guys, and they know so many creative people uh, and entertaining people. And they put together this podcast. What do we do now? And uh, they talked to a bunch of Pittsburgh people, uh, Pittsburgh creatives, Pittsburgh entertainers. Uh, and you know what? I, I encourage you guys. Um, I know a lot of people are listening from not Pittsburgh. It's such a, it was such a great conversation that they're having with people about, you know, if even whatever town you're in, I think you can relate to, you know, uh, musicians and entertainers that you know, or if you're fans of other comedians or musicians that, you know, aren't, you know, uh, Kevin Hart and, you know, Coldplay <laughs> that are okay, they're doing fine. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, you know, some people that you can relate to and um, they have, a you know, a varying a uh, group of people, comedians, um, my friend Abby Fudor, uh, from Arcade Comedy Theater, some comedian friends, uh, musicians, so it's just a, it's really, you know, they did a good job, I don't know what else to say, you know what I mean, I haven't podcasted in a while, so I'm, I'm I, also, let's be honest, you guys know, I'm really bad at talking to myself, like I'm sitting at my desk right now, you know, looking at my books and my papers, and the foam sitting here that blocks sound, or does it? I don't know if it sounds good. I hope it does. I've been using this this whole situation and setup for voiceovers uh, over the last year. Um, I also get, hey, yeah, in the podcast, I talk about what's been going on a little bit with, like, acting. Like, is that still happening? Zoom stand-up, stuff like that. So we talk about all that stuff. Uh, it, it was pretty fun. Um, and we get deep, you know? So... I found people that I could talk to, and we could all just talk about what's been going on, and that's and it's good. It's good times. Um, I also, hey, since it's been a while, I also want to thank uh, everybody uh, for you know uh, watching all the live stream stuff that we were doing um, during the pandemic, the live happy hour on Fridays. People love that; they want to come back. Let me know. Maybe I can think of you know something uh, like a little modified version of the live happy hour. Um, but uh, it's exciting to, you know, start uh, sitting down and uh, talking to more friends for the podcast as well. 
Um, so that's going to be coming up. And thanks to everybody for listening and sending in comments. And people are still catching up on, you know, over 200 episodes of the podcast. So that's exciting. Um, uh, everyone that uh, watched on Zoom shows, I know there was a lot of Zoom shows. Uh, I'm thankful for you guys, uh, you know, buying a virtual ticket to a Zoom show. I appreciate that. Uh, my comedy partner, Helen Wildy, doing virtually stand up with her uh, was a lot of fun. Got to really, you know, work out some bits while we were not able to do live comedy. Um, so that's been exciting. And uh, really, thank you to all uh, my Patreon supporters. Uh, if you guys don't know, Patreon is a way to support uh, creative people, entertaining people. And uh, I have a group of people that have been doing that uh, ever since the beginning of Patreon. I just want to say thank you. We love you. I say we, meaning my wife and children. I thank you guys for supporting comedy, supporting uh, just, you know, people who are trying to <laughs> follow their dreams and make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and if you want to support on Patreon, it's as low as a dollar a month. Uh, you know, it's like for a dollar a month, you can help my children have you know, string cheese in their, in their lunch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, to keep the podcast going, I want to be able to, uh, you know, hook up these amazing people. Uh, and so for, for even a dollar a month, you guys can see video from the podcast. You can get a little thank yous and stuff like that. Um, some shout outs and always, always ticket hookups. If you're a Patreon, um, supporter, please hit me up anytime when you see anything about tickets. And I know I'll be able to help you out. Um, I love you guys. Also, you know, I've had sponsors that uh, and 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 partners and friends that have uh, that has stuck stuck by me. Uh, shout out to Mary Mac Bakehouse. Um, I always shout her out. She has definitely uh, kept me uh, filled up with um, uh, dry rubs for my meats this summer. I'm very excited. Uh, the Mary Mac beer bread is now for sale. That's exciting. You think I'm doing ads right now, I'm, but people who know me, you guys know, this is real. I talk about what I love and Mary Mac has hooked it up, uh, throughout the pandemic. Also Penn's choice, my friends, uh, Steve and Rebecca Penn's choice. Um, they have amazing CBD products. Uh, you know, they, they came and came and saw me perform outside a couple times, and uh, thanks to them, those guys are an amazing uh, small company in Pennsylvania. Incredible. And, oh, big shout out to Arcade Comedy Theater um, for putting on amazing shows during the pandemic. They continue to do that outside um, in downtown Pittsburgh. Big shout out to them. I had uh, some amazing sets there with some friends, uh, socially distanced and safe. It was so dope to just do some material and see friends uh, and faces eyes you're doing jokes to eyes just like now we know comedians are even better at reading faces now because all we're doing is looking at your forehead and eyes and we're like yeah we still got it so now i know i can look into your eyes look into that that's a song um so yeah thanks to arcade uh it was so amazing and thanks to your jagoff your jagoff put uh, has put on some um parking lot shows in pittsburgh they're an amazing marketing company and podcast so just shout out to those guys um it's just uh you know we're coming back baby we're coming man it's happening baby so i just want to fill you in i did this podcast uh quite a couple weeks ago and uh you know i wanted to share it with you guys but you know can't forget the shout out everybody love y'all um last but not least kid mental hey what's up kid mental <laughs> guys my friends are still around kid mental's gonna be coming back doing the show with me. I'm really excited to see him again and, uh, and just, uh, 
Maybe beatbox with them. I don't know. You can check him out on Twitch, actually, if you look up Kid Mental on Twitch, Fridays, Saturdays. Uh, he's he's twitching live now, man. People were people are loving uh, loving it. So um, check out Kid, what Kid Mental's doing. All right, um, this is the special crossover episode with uh, Alan and Zub. What do we do now? It's just you know, it's just a meaningful, all encapsulating conversation about the last year, just surviving as an entertainer, and they uh, you know they did it perfectly. Um, so check these guys out. Also, thank you, everybody. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. Thank you, everybody who has watched my Amazon special, uh, grown ass dad. Uh, it's on Amazon prime, still on there. And, um, I'm happy to announce we, uh, reached a lot of, a lot of uh, viewers uh, over half a million. And that's uh, amazing. So, uh, Please share it with your friends. Uh, tell everybody, go check out Grown Ass Dad on Amazon Prime. But you know what else you can do? Uh, huge for me, guys. Go on Spotify, go on Pandora, and uh, follow me. On, uh, follow my album. Follow, uh, you know, the jokes. Play them. Give us some plays. Hit play and go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's I think that's what my mom does. That's probably how we got there. At those numbers, let's be honest, my mom got three laptops and a tablet running at all times in her house. Um, that's probably what's happening. Actually, all my kids' school tablets are just running my comedy special nonstop. Um, but do that. Seriously. Uh, thank you. Subscribe and, and, you know, go check that out on there. You guys, uh, here it is. They have a, they, their theme song is also really good. And it's like, it makes you feel like you're on like an ABC sitcom. It's so cute. I just like, come on guys. Like it's welcoming. Okay. You'll feel good about it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to say that I'm still telling you to be kind and be funny. Um, it's really hard after this pandemic to do that, but we're still doing it. We're still doing it, people. Granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants. That is hilarious. Just your mouth do. Great interview. This podcast will my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> going down business with Aaron Cliver. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. The stages are closed, the bars are shut down. I got a feeling it's coming around Tell me What do we do now? What do we do now? Welcome to What Do We Do Now? Conversations with performing artists who can't perform. Episode six, I think. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say six. I want to let the audience know that you always know what episode it is. This is just a bit, and I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate starting with dishonesty. It's not. A, I mean, if it's a bit, then it's really the worst bit ever. It's not. I'm not saying it's anything. I'm just saying it's a bit. <laughs> Sitting in my writing room, like, what could? What would be a funny way to start? What if I forgot the number of the episode every time? I would say maybe it's a, it's a, a tick or a quirk or a oh, uh, more, sure. more of a tick than than a uh, bit. Sure, 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 sure. That's probably how you can describe most of my comedy. 
It's very tick heavy. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. it does look like you're watching someone who can't help himself. Right. Thank you for joining us. I am, uh, as always, Alan Olafson, the mastermind and creative force behind this and many podcasts out there. And I'm joined by... I am your humble and yet still somehow superior host, Nathan Zub. And I am joined by a man who wants every introduction, Alan Olafson, who... Uh, is currently <laughs> did you blushing. say wants wants every introduction is that yes. <laughs> a man who desperately wants an introduction <laughs> alan olafson that's something that i'm gonna put that in my obituary <laughs> somehow <laughs> uh so yes we are here with what we do now conversations with performing artists who can't perform where we talk with all kinds of artists who should be out there entertaining us and cannot be and finding out what they're doing to get by how they're staying creative and all that good stuff and this episode we have a great guest aaron kleiber he was an amazing comic for those of you who don't know him voted i think many years in a row best comedian uh, pittsburgh magazine and other by other publications yeah absolutely a superstar and just a nice guy one of the first comics i met uh, when i moved out here and he's just like yeah super funny super bright and um has, has a lot to say about the state of comedy and the pandemic yeah it was a, it was it was a great conversation about you know he was making all of his money off of comedy which is um you know derek was in a similar boat right but uh but aaron mm -hmm. had his hands in a couple of different pots in that in that world and everything just stopped the man had a family he's got 12 or 16 children and a, and a house there's probably like more children were appearing as as the interview progressed yeah so births we were, were were happening and a house full of vintage movie posters to support. So I, I, he had a lot, a lot of really, I thought, interesting and important things to, to say about how he had to pivot and, and how he was, you know, ultimately in some ways failed by the, uh, the support system that was supposed to step in if something like this happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we definitely touch on that a lot in this conversation. But before we get to that great conversation... We are contractually obligated to check in with each other and see if we're working on anything that needs to be shared with the world and and criticized. So, Zub, yes. do, do you have anything you would normally bring into an audience that you can't? Nope. And I did not read the contract. It is my belief that if you do not read the contract, it is not legally binding. So, nope. Got nothing for you. Great. I knew you didn't. I just like to ask and make you say it out loud. Every week you drag me through this. Just, Every week. I know. <laughs> yep. As I count the episodes and then pretend I don't know which number it is, then this is the next thing I look forward to doing. Six. Six times you did not have a song. Six. <laughs> so I have an idea of some words I've thrown together and thoughts I've jumbled together. And I want to ask you, Zub, is this anything? So I, I ski, right? And this is this is the winter that I finally got my kids into skiing, which has been very uh, exciting for me because I, I grew up skiing and it's the one sport I'm kind of good at, uh, which is like, I know a super white privileged thing to say, but it's just also kind of the facts. And I've actually found one of the most difficult things about skiing is just kind of finding a way to work it into conversation that I'm good at it. So this <laughs> has been helpful. But when I moved here from LA, 
where I grew up, which is also something I always try to work into a conversation. One of the pluses of moving here was like the proximity to skiing. I mean, not, not like amazing skiing, not even good skiing, but for like as someone who wanted to teach their kids to ski, you know, I'm 20 minutes away from Boyce, like which is a great place to teach kids to ski and probably also to buy meth, I think. But um, it's just, it's a good place. It's got one lift, one little like magic carpet and that's it. And so it's a, it's a great place. So I, I was excited to take them and they've gotten into it. And I found it amazing that they've gotten into skiing because when you stop and think about like skiing as a family sport really has everything working against it. You can't just walk out the door and start skiing. You, know, you can't just like buy a ball and then go. It's like there's sure. there's just like you got to put on uncomfortable stuff and it's cold and it's just the fact that it's popular is like a testament to how fucking bored and desperate people are for outdoor activities in the winter, I think. It's like there's so many barriers to entry and somehow it's like it succeeds in spite of itself. It's like the springtime for Hitler of a sport. Wow. <laughs> a, pro a producer reference. I mean, that's something. Uh, Springtime for Hitler of, as a, of a sport? Gonna, like, hey, hold on, hold on. I, listen, I'm not a comedian. I think there's something there. But if you're going to lead up to Springtime for Hitler of sports, <laughs> you need to invent a character who invents skiing to fail. I think you need to set it up. It's, right. It's, there's so much going against skiing. It's someone... <laughs> clearly want like had a had an insurance scheme going on a hill or something where they were just like yeah i'm gonna get a loan out or something and uh right and we're gonna get people to come you know flow down this snow it's gotta be more of a, a straight more of more of a direct analogy to the producers well yeah but, hey, look yeah. as a, as a naturally funny man i just want to i just the hitler comes out of nowhere that's all i'm saying and you don't want to surprise hitler in your in your comedy <laughs> It's not like the hard K or, you know, like where, where it's like funny. It's, it's, uh, it's a little jarring. Okay. I, I'll need to, I need to ease people into it. I, I, I see what you're saying. All right. Well, but I can, I can work with that. You gotta, there's gotta be a thaw into the springtime. for him. Right. Because, well, so here's the thing. So I, I, I won't, I won't dwell on this, but it's a sport where like you need gear. Mm -hmm. You can't just rent the gear. There's gear, there's stuff you have to buy, right? You need like the right pants. You need socks. You need gloves. You need goggles. Sure. And I would argue that like any recreational activity that requires special pants and goggles should raise like red flags. Because like usually if I'm suiting up with special pants and goggles, I also have a I have a safe word, <laughs> which is generally Hitler. <laughs> my safe word. <laughs> anyway, I think that this idea of like and then I I took my kids skiing and um, the first time I took them to Boyce, we got there. I got out of the car and realized I forgot my jacket and I had to suppress crying. And put on this brave face for my kids, like, well, we're gonna do this. Oh, I'll be fine. It's fine. And I skied the whole day in a in a old navy hoodie, <laughs> freezing my ass off. And it was, I think, seriously, the most selfless thing I've done as a parent that I actually enjoy. I mean, I've done other selfless things that I've been miserable through, but this I actually had a good time. Hmm. But it was a totally selfless act. I feel like I kind of came into my own as a parent. Doesn't work that way, but I get it. Hmm. All right. Well. It's self-sum if you're enjoying yourself. It's self a little bit. Well, I'm enjoying myself through my children. Like, I'm getting no joy out of it. Like, I'm not, oh, like, it wasn't okay. good skiing for me. I wasn't, like, getting to ski. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I had fun because I was enjoying something my kids were doing, but I did not uh, actually enjoy it. 
I mean, skiing with children at boys is not like something that like, you, you finish like, wow, what a great day on the slope, something invigorated. But it was fun because they were getting into it. Sure. That part's not funny, but I feel like there's there's like a there's an arc there of, you know. Well, that's the heart, right? I don't know. That's a, the nut at the center is uh, the, your love for your children, which you right. have, you know, manufactured for the bit, but is yeah. still a very <laughs> yeah. meaningful and moving sentiment. Yeah, but that's that exactly. My my manufactured love of my children is what is that's my bread and butter. Like just like having that to pretend and lean on as a crutch. Anyway, that's my thing. I don't know if it's something, Zub. You can tell me. You know, everything is something if <sighs> you are, don't have quality control. No, I think that was right. funny. I thought that was very funny. I thought there was stuff there. I like the idea that skiing was invented as a joke. <laughs> as a, <laughs> skiing was a, uh, like some kind of insurance fraud that uh, right. accidentally caught on. Yeah. Uh, I think there's something there. <laughs> but uh, you enjoy skiing, so like maybe that's not for you. <laughs> maybe that's my bit. I'll see, though. Uh, yeah, I, I will, I'll, I'll play around with it. Something to think about. I don't know. It's been a fun winter of skiing. But anyway, it's more importantly been a fun winter of talking to very interesting and creative people which is also what we've been doing and today is another great episode one of my favorite comments from our one of our previous episodes when we had brian broom on and he posted it on his facebook page one of his friends made the point of commenting (laughs) underneath brian's share of our of our podcast hey everyone just let you know brian's interview starts 10 minutes in the first 10 minutes is just the podcast guys bantering about something Unrelated host banter. Unrelated host banter. So for all you Aaron Kleiber fans, tell your friends to skip to this point. And now we are going to be introducing our very funny guest, our interview with Aaron Kleiber. I don't even know where to begin. I'm I'm seriously... (laughs) My March of 2020, I, even when I just look at my calendar, it kind of blows my mind. I just chose to release my Amazon special Father's Day in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that okay. would be a good idea, and we were starting to work towards that. I canceled the weekend. I remember uh, Derek Minto talking about Burning Bridges, and I couldn't, I couldn't be involved in Burning Bridges because I was away that weekend. I was headlining a club in Grand Rapids that I've been waiting to headline for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, in April and May, I think I had about four or five weeks on tour with Harlan Williams opening for him. Oh, wow. And so I canceled my Grand Rapids weekend. I believe that was like mid, mid-March. You canceled it because you weren't feeling safe or the club canceled it? I think we kind of mutually canceled, okay. I believe, mm-hmm. because a lot of things started shutting down, especially schools. Uh, and th- right. this was in Michigan. So, yeah, that was like March, like, you know, 16th through the 19th or something. My last show was March 10th at the Columbus Funny Bone. That was my last show indoors. That's a great club, by the way. It's an amazing club. One of my favorites. It's the flagship of the Funny Bones. And yeah. I'm, I'm usually pretty good for going out there every about maybe two months to headline a one-nighter for them or whatever, do a weekend. So that yeah. was the last one I did. I did that show on a Sunday night, I believe. It was Monday, March 9th. I, that's right, because it was this huge fundraiser. And then March 12th, I had my table read with a Showtime show called Rust. And, uh, you know, I was, oh, at a, wow. I was at a table read with Jeff Daniels and more attorney. And oh, <laughs> so that was my March. And uh, that was the last thing I did publicly. 
was that that Showtime read through, and they literally we had a phone conference with Showtime, like, mm-hmm. like the they were like, "This is the president of Showtime." Hello, and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I'm not supposed to be here, but whatever." Jonathan Showtime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, they like were like, "We're shutting down." There are states shutting down. Like it was like this huge like corporate decision. I overheard. It was crazy. Oh yeah. What was your expectation? I don't know. I, I guess at that point, I thought, wow, things might be shut down for a couple months. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen at that point. And you must have had gigs booked through. I mean, you're, you're a touring stand-up. Or you have I, was, booked I was booked through the summer, for sure. I do remember that. I was booked into, like, June and July, for sure. Uh, that's when you start taking, like, you know, summer gigs. Like, when I, mm-hmm. I usually book sure. out five, four, five, six months. But, yeah, um, just started canceling those things. And then I guess once... Once Harlan started canceling too, and I was just like, and clubs started canceling, and states started shutting bars down, and I would say I'm decently educated in how like politics and all that stuff, so I pay attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when I started, <laughs> oh, I very much disliked Trump before the pandemic, but well, sure. I mean, it wasn't like that was the first bad thing he did. Well, right. you know, I mean, let's just put it on a list. You know, I was just like, oh. They're not doing shit. There is no response whatsoever. I was like, okay. I mean... Well, they were doing press conferences. So the, the press conferences were... That yeah. was what they were doing. Like that yeah. three-hour just... Yeah. It's it's interesting because this is like one of my first interviews. Oh, I did an interview with Post-Gazette a couple couple days ago. Oh, but cool. like, I, I haven't really talked about this. It, it, you think a lot differently a year from now because at that time right. I was thinking like, this is my business. This is my small business. You mm-hmm. know, this yeah. is... I, I make money as an actor and a stand-up comedian and I pay my bills. So if that doesn't happen, you know, I have to look at my three months. I have to look at my six months. I have to look at my 12 months. <laughs> it's funny when you, when we, for a year, we've watched all these people talk about small businesses. And apparently the definition of small business in America is <laughs> restaurants and bars. Right. Those That's are the ones that, that matter. That's sure. it. Oh, and also somebody that sells like stuff out of their house. They're also small businesses. Like every MLM is a small business as well. I forgot. Please support <laughs> them and buy their stuff. I'm, I'm serious. Like it, it was, it's really weird being, uh, not to be, get all like, you know, you know, mad money or something, but like, it, you know, I, I mean, it's when you think about it, you're like, Oh, like zero money. Like I'm going to make zero money. I have three kids yeah. in a house. I'm not, like, uh, somebody who got, like, a record contract and bought a mansion. Like, I'm not that kind of... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on the road because I got to pay my insane mortgage. Like, I've always been poor. That's that's the way to live. Those Kurt Russell posters don't frame themselves, though. I mean, that, that, that shit it's true. costs money. I show it off because they were gifts. <laughs> um, the, anything that's displayed, someone bought for me. <laughs> um, I, don't, I can't. What, I don't buy display things. But you know what I mean. Yeah. No. Oh, I, yeah. I totally know. And there was never even talk of like extending the the PPP or I can't remember the acronyms. But like there, there was yeah. no talk of supporting performers as as small businesses. Yeah, man. I can't even count how many people texted and very kindly like thinking of me like, hey, don't you have like a business or something? Here's how you can like get money. And I'm like, I'm one dude and my wife who helps me keep the books. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't need a $10,000 loan. 
Yeah. I can't I can't take a ten thousand dollar loan. They're gonna look at me and be like, You when you're not getting a ten thousand dollar loan. You know what I mean? Like uh, I still uh, owe eighty thousand dollars to a Christian college. Uh, somehow I feel like that modifier really makes that worse. I don't know why. Uh yeah, yeah I know. So what, what how do you pivot? Like what you're, I, you're kind of adrift right you're on an ice yeah yeah i i originally just pivoted like i always do i've always tried to know when something's not working or or when something needs to change i've always i mean if people seen what you know some of the stuff i've done it's like if it's not working i'll change it you know what i mean i'm Mm -hmm. i've played hockey a lot of my life like i'll change the lines man like it's like (laughs) you guys are hustling let's shuffle it up you know what i mean like i I have to pause because i zoobs you have any idea about anything about hockey because i don't know i don't know anything about hockey so, uh, that's the one where it's like the little it's like the little hamburger like flat guy and then like you kind of like it's, and then everyone yeah we should have called this podcast exactly. two two jews who aren't from pittsburgh so it's clear what you're getting into when you when you sign up and okay yeah yeah he's up on the hockey my, literally course. my only sport reference i ever use but uh <laughs> no uh but just just changing that up so i just thought okay what can i do streaming streaming mm-hmm. like that's yeah. what we're doing at the time i was going I was going through the process of adding video to my podcast. My podcast, Grown Dad Business, uh, reached... uh, Well, my 200th episode was in May of 2020 with Bob Saget. and uh, Yeah, so I did 200 episodes up until May, and I wanted to start doing video anyway. So I thought, okay, well, now that I'm at home, I can podcast with anybody. Because I never podcasted... uh, I like the podcasting person. I think that there's something different about there's a lot of comedians podcasts that like call comedians around the country. And, you know, I, I like sitting in a room with comics. If you guys know, sitting in the green room together, you know, that's, yeah. that's what's fun sitting around with your friends, laughing, making each other right. laugh. So the pandemic kind of lent, you know, that to, I can call anybody in my phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they're so, going to be home. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, so I just home. started calling That's some sad. some of my, you know, more famous comedian friends and uh, started streaming those videos. And, it, you know, I also, since I lost that gig in Michigan, I streamed a 35-minute live Facebook Live stand-up. Just like, here's some stuff I wanted to work out in the next month. Like, because right. I, I just filmed my album the year before. So I'm just now getting out and developing a new hour of material. I'm I'm just now like kind of, you know, I would say out of my comedy special on Amazon last January, I was probably doing maybe 20 minutes of that, okay. maybe half of my set, maybe half, you know, 30 minutes. But, you know, so I'm working new material. And, like, after you do an album, you want to purge your material and just do, just have fun. And and I was so looking forward to that because, you know, I'm, like, 11 years in and it's my second album. And I'm, like, okay, I'm I'm starting to kind of want to – I want to, you know – puke more out on stage if that makes any sense you know I like <laughs> that's the thing that i missed the most when I, I had just started getting back into because i was doing stand-up mm-hmm. for a while i was doing like a lot of storytelling shows and like produced right. stuff and i was really missing stand-up so i started going to with like right. going to minto and like doing ham bones and just going to open mics and like trying shit out and i was loving it. i was i mean i was it was miserable and it was a mess because i haven't like done new stuff i was like looking through my old material like oh yeah this is about being single oh. like i've married for 15 years and <laughs> two kids so i don't know this is gonna fly but but it was just it's fun it's a whole different energy than like the storytelling stuff and then that just like right. i think i had like two months of that and then 
it went away. And like, it's, yeah, there's, right. there's no virtual substitute for that. There's no virtual substitute for going. Yeah. I mean, I, I you try, you know, the, the podcast was definitely uh, fun to have another comic on, you know, it's always fun to like, just laugh with creative, funny people, obviously. Yeah. Um, that was fulfilling, but it was still a podcast. It was still, you're still a host, you're still a producer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still a content producer. And um, so I did that. I did that Facebook Live show. I tried that. And uh, I'm trying to fill you in because it got, I tried to everything. <laughs> I, because um, it's literally the name of the podcast. Um, yeah, I did this Facebook Live thing and people, and I asked for Venmo, like, hey, I'm losing money from, you know, and it was good, like, that was like March 26th and it was good. People were mm-hmm. super, you know, supportive and, you know, right. I, I, you know, I made, I made some money and I was like, wow, you know, that's really cool. And, and so I thought, okay, well, why don't I just do this, do something every week? So I came up with the live happy hour, which basically I was like, well, I'm just going to call comedians. And I have this program now that I've been, I was messing with and, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to live stream a show every Friday to Facebook, like, and just cut up yeah. with, people well then i'll just do that for a couple months and this this will be over and then we'll get back that's exactly it and uh i was doing that and then you know i'm i there's there's a producer in me you know i'm i'm you know i uh you know so i start making it better i start making segments i'm i have Mm -hmm. guests from all over the country you know it's like i have now i have a a list of cues and like now i'm getting getting doing artwork and i'm now i'm producing a late show and uh and it was it was good because when I try hard at something, it's usually pretty decent, and it just and still I, monetizing via Venmo, like even even well, as you're, you're right. So I thought every week I'll you know I'll just say hey, you want to support the show? And March was great, you know. April was good, and then I just, May I'd like to say this is like in. a crash course in what we have not done with our podcast, by the way. So thanks yeah. for, like, for laying out <laughs> like a, a framework yeah. for what we. Can, oh, I, yeah, I'm gonna to. give some Gary V talks if you want to know, because I'm done doing all of it. So, um, you want to learn how to do what I stopped doing? Come along. Um, but so I monetize it. But here's the thing, man. You know, everybody's struggling. So once April yeah. May hit, you right. know, it's like my mom's old best friend is like, "Here's five dollars, honey." You know, it's like it, and that's like, and you think like, man, like everybody's struggling. You know, like this is hard for everybody. And streaming content, you know, I'd say probably me and Patrick Jordan were the only people doing anything for a couple months. And then everyone was doing it. Like, everyone was like, watch me live stream this. I'm live streaming this. I'm live right. streaming, you know what I mean? And it was just like, now I'm producing right. and, like, pushing my content. I'm like, please watch my content. I'm like, oh, Watch oh, me oh, storm oh, the Capitol. Oh, I'm going to take, oh, oh. take over the government. I know. Like, well, you know, yeah. I know. So... It was just like, it was just like, I just want to have fun. Like, can't somebody, does somebody just want to produce this and I show up? No. Um, <laughs> for free? Um, it's just the it's world. we did. Uh, yeah, I know. And here's the thing. And people are like, oh, pe- people would do that. People do. I don't, I don't want to ask all these creative people. I've been a creative person for, you know, right. for quite a few decades. And I've done a lot of free work. And I just was like, I don't want to ask people to do this and this for free and this for free. And it just it gets frustrating, you know? It's, just, right. it's a tough ask. Yeah, That's man. when you start promising things in the future. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> you know may or may not come to pass, Sarah. I'm so I sorry. Always, yeah, I always want people to make money, you know? And so it was fun, man. It was fun and it was fulfilling. It just got... You're just you're just like just like you said you're doing it and doing it and you're like I'll just do this till this till gigs start coming back you know and right and then it's like 
you know, then it's June, July, August. And, and I'm like, and it was a hot summer and I'm like, I am done being a content producer. Like, I don't want to do this. And look, when it comes to like stand up and entertainment, we all know that we have to do that. You know what I mean? Like we all know content is part of the game. You know, but when I was like, I was, you know, fuck, I was Merv Griffin tw- three times a week. You know what I mean? Like I, I was literally producing two, three live streams a week and, you know, also uh, trying to make some money, you know, and trying to figure out what was going to go on in the next, you know, six months. Uh, so that's kind of where all that went. And as far as stand up, I mean, a handful of Zoom shows here and there. I did 4th of July at Nemecol in Woodlands, which was amazing. Oh, so they did like an outdoor comedy show or something? They basically did a 4th of July celebration. And they said, we did a 4th of July celebration for 200 people that was built for 2,000. So, okay. so I I mean, I asked all these questions. And, it's, and it was a legit thing. Brian Drusky took care of it. Smash Mouth headlined, even though they... Have made terrible headlines since then. Yeah, <laughs> they've made some decisions. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> super nice there. Uh, I don't know what happened. It went a little after a month. I don't know. What the fuck COVID did you say much. to them, man? But no, I just emceed and hosted. I mean, it was easy as it could be, and it was fun. And it was so to be able to like have that little vacation. And they were mm. so safe because we asked all the questions. They did everything. And this is not a nemical and commercial, but it was. It could be if they cut us a check. <laughs> Don't rule that out. But that was that was a highlight was like getting out and doing something like that with my family and like everything yeah. was like super taken care of cuz I told I was like I'll walk in me and my kids we will leave. I don't if I see one person walking around here with no mask, peace. You don't have an MC. Goodbye. Like right. I like I'm gone. Yeah. So uh it was great. They were amazing and but other than that, you know, I had a yard show. That was my last show, by the way. When was that? November 7th. Wow, that's a late yard show. I had a show because I because I I wanted to do it all summer and I didn't pull the trigger and I finally got fed up and was like I got to perform. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. invited like twenty five close friends to I have a you know I have like a, a big yard for my kids to run around and play in. So we had you know blankets and uh, camping chairs and I just did like you know twenty minutes of new material in front of my friends because I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> Uh, and here I am again. What is that? Three months later, I'm. Lo- mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Are you Are you back on it? Like, I, I, were you satiated for like a month? And then no, today, today this, is uh, yeah, today. today. I almost canceled on you. I'm like, I, I just, I'm losing it. Like Christmas yeah. is over. Yeah, I mean the like that that hump makes it a little like you you have the holidays kind of distract you and New Year's and if there's not much to do, it just we celebrated Christmas from Thanksgiving until January 10th. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, until January 6th. We celebrate Christmas just to give some life yeah. to the house and like, yeah. dude, like oh my god yeah dude towards something oh dude it was Christmas for six weeks in my house my kids loved it it was great the youngest still believes in Santa Claus is that is that true yeah we're still going strong yeah. I'm talking like a like an investigative journalist who like found yeah, that we're out still going strong yeah we're still <laughs> going the strong. youngest still <laughs> my my kids my skill my, we we still want our kids to have wonder in their lives you know sure a little magic still strong in the tooth fairy too well the little ones yeah I think so yeah. little ones yeah. I think I wrote something over the summer that was some like, not that I'm like trying to bit, but it's, as parents, isn't it like, are my kids? Yeah, they're sleeping. It's so funny. Like, like we tell them that their teeth come out of their mouth and someone comes in their fucking room and steals it. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> isn't that so, the stupidest? Like, 
like I just, Alan. We did a whole. I did. Uh, that was one of the bits I was trying to work out on this on like our one of our early podcasts. I had a wait whole for thing. real, for real, because I have to say I did like, not hear that. It's how it's did insane. I guess that? Like because we had this. It's a weird and I, concept and it's universal. And we oh, had this whole elaborate stage, like we, the setup we'd set up, like where we let the tooth fairy would would leave oh, our yeah. kids notes. We'd have our kids leave notes for the tooth fairy. Leave him food. <laughs> pretend like the tooth fairy yes. ate the food. And we had a whole thing, and then I was like, "Yeah, it's well, fucked up. I, what a horrible." It's thing. a thing where I think I like I wouldn't do a bit on it because I kind of did something on my on my comedy special about Santa Claus, like about how okay. like that's just like how we make that up, and it's so insane. I know, isn't that yeah. so funny? I have a whole Santa Claus thing about how Christians really owe little Jewish kids the world for keeping their fucking mouth shut because they all know <laughs> Santa Claus isn't real. From the get-go, and they just they just they, they sit at lunch in kindergarten, and they nod and they smile, and they're like, yeah. "That's so funny." See, we could both have Santa Claus jokes. I would never come up with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. That is true. I always wondered about that. Like the little Jewish kids are sitting around, like, "Look at these fucking idiots." Yeah, like... <laughs> but then, That's yet, so they go... funny. Oh, but then so they go funny, for the tooth dude. fairy. Like they don't connect the dots. You're like, "Yeah, those oh, guys." That's. Like... Like yeah, that's they, a good that bit. Santa Claus shit is stupid. Anyway, yes. where'd the tooth fairy leave me? <laughs> a quarter? Yeah, oh, I know. That's amazing. <laughs> From a, a mythical. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, uh, that's great. That's a good yeah. bit. It's a it's a bit. Uh, it's, it's in progress. When there's audiences again, I'll try it out funny. somewhere. God, Dude, this is the whole point of this podcast is Alan can workshop these bits right. at his hour in place. <laughs> you know, when we're all I, vaccinated. I, 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 as many hours of podcasting as I have done. By the way, that's going to scare you eventually that, that when you realize between the amount of like I did a movie podcast with Sean Collier for over 200 episodes and I did oh, yeah. mine for over 200. So then you, you're going to sit around one day and be like, there's like 400 hours of me talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where? What did I say? I, I'm always right. terrified that like someday don't get too famous they're gonna scour your podcast <laughs> right That's true. there's, there's, a, this I, there's a there's a there's a star meter on imdb i won't go above so they won't rake my podcast <laughs> so you 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 know did the road a lot which i mean i well i'll have to talk later about that because i miss I, I did that mm-hmm. way back in the day and i was like looking back at your what your pre-march schedule was and like like the the funny bones and i just I like I, I miss all those places i want to hear your your road stories but i mean yeah <laughs> miss them is relative is a very different statement nowadays to me yeah well it's a whole different ball game when you're, you've got a family too I, i'm sure i'm like do i miss that club <laughs> no i don't <laughs> you don't find yourself like oh i miss it just because i miss everything like i just miss life and an income i guess i guess podcasting now 11 months into it i'm like nah there's clubs that i'm like i will never go back ever again <laughs> i'm like I, I have a very different perspective now i think actually i hadn't thought about this but are, are clubs like have you heard of any like how are the funny bones and those places are they gonna stay around i don't know and I obviously i mean i can't i can't say anything that even if i do know about some people's like businesses you know but i mean yeah. I, i'm gonna be honest man just from business perspective i mean i'm just i'm no mathematician but i mean i know how <laughs> i know how club math works i know how comedy math works very well and mm-hmm. um I, I mean i i don't know how some of these clubs are still open i mean i you know i haven't talked to anybody from the funny bones in 
nine months because it's like yeah. what do you, you know a lot of the clubs i haven't talked to almost any of the clubs some of the some of the people i know personally i text you know i'll text them you know whatever but some clubs it's just like what do you say it's like oh this right. this sucks how are you i've even noticed like yeah. emailing and texting people when like you know i genuinely say like i hope you're well like well of course i hope you're well we all we all suck like what you know like <laughs> everything yeah, sucks I, that's one of my least favorite things to do right now is like to email someone i haven't talked to in a, in a few months because i have to like start yeah. the whole email with like like Hope you're hanging in there. Hope you're... Yeah, I know. Like, people are like, Hang so in. how's it going? I'm like, it sucks balls. What do you, like, <laughs> what do you want me to why say? I know. <laughs> like, interrupting, why are you interrupting my weeping and eating of ice cream? Just get the it's hard, it's, and it's hard to talk to friends. It's, you know, how's it going? I, I don't know, man. Boy, Waiting for my next bad. unemployment, you know, like, check. Like, you know? Yeah. It uh, sucks. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. And so, but so you were you were on the road a lot. Were you doing a lot of places in Pittsburgh though when you were in town? Like, were you in town enough to to do, or were you working yeah. out new stuff at like clubs around here? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean I you know I always ran I ran my show uh, at Pleasure Bar in Bloomfield for almost nine years. That was Mondays for a long time, and we switched to Tuesdays. Mm. Uh, so I did that, and I jumped up when I when I was there occasionally sometimes i didn't some a lot of times that was just like a hang for comics that was just i liked hanging out yeah. with comics you know and i couldn't do handbones on thursdays so i wanted to have a hangout <laughs> so i made my own because i couldn't make handbones on thursdays a lot so yeah because a lot of times people think like open mics are like are like competitors and we're like no we want as many places to hang and do material yeah, as sure. possible you know every so, single night but yeah, if I was home on a Thursday, I would go definitely try to go get up at Hambones, you know. And if I was home on a weekend, you know, I would you know, I would book shows at Arcade and you know do stuff there. Um, you know, I've been with them, working with them since day one. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely get up, go do a guest set at the Improv, whatever. Of course, I would. So have any of your any of your favorites? I mean, Hambones obviously is gone. I don't know what's happened to Pleasure Bar. Like, what what are your memories right. of some of these places that are are no longer with us? You know, Pleasure Bar's still kicking. They're still, I believe they're open for, like, limited dining, and they're going back and forth with that. Yeah. As long as restaurants sell drugs at the back door, the, the Pleasure Bar will, <laughs> will exist. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, um, now they're pl- pretty classy Italian joint. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, yeah. No, Bruno San Martino. <laughs> well, now it's there. close. Good work, uh, dude. Now it's yeah, close. I know. You know, Hambones being gone is, that opens up a huge vacuum. Yeah, because uh, sure. that's I mean, Jeez. that was that was the punk rock spot. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's where you where you go to start. That's where, you know, that's kind of what took over from when I started. There was nothing. But the Smiling Moose was like a biker bar. It was like, a, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm good friends with the owner. And it was like a horror biker bar. And it was horrendous. If you <laughs> were anything but a white man, it was a rough place to be. It was uh, like mm-hmm. it was. And that's how comics broke in. It doesn't matter who you were. Let's be honest. Like it was, it was just rough. And uh, yeah, Hambones kind of like took the place of it in a way, in a good way. <laughs> like it was still just kind of the place where people were hanging out on Thursdays trying to get a drink, and they're like, "And comedy's happening." Uh, at least it was like an inclusive. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> version it's, of it's basically inclusive heckling. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, but yeah, I mean, I mean, having that place. Uh, gone. I, I don't know, man. I don't like. I li- you. I just. You know, this stuff happens so organically that you have no idea how it's going to happen. You know. Uh, I know. Yeah, and Pittsburgh had like a. F- from my perspective, like having only been here about nine years, like 
a surprisingly like vibrant open mic comedy scene and i mean it's, it's yeah. centered around ham bones but then it like kind of spoked out from there and for a city of this size mm-hmm. to have like i mean it wasn't just an open mic like there was some talent coming through there there was some yeah. like it was a great mix of yeah people like this is my first time on stage and yeah. you know people like you rolling by or people even you know just it was just such an yeah, awesome I mean, mix. I, you don't get that in a lot of cities, I don't think. No, you don't. You know, I try to be an advocate. I mean, look, like living in Pittsburgh and going around the country and doing entertainment, you you have to be like an advocate for your hometown. You just have to mm-hmm. be. You you have to. And I tell everybody, they're like, how's comedy? How's comedy in Pittsburgh? And at, there was a time, I would say, you know, at the peak of 2018, 19, we, there was probably 13 to 15 shows a week. Uh, yeah. of stand-up shows where you could jump on and get on an open I would say an open mic or like a like a featured show like a book show that was indie shows besides the improv and arcade I would say mm-hmm. and that's a lot like that's, that's a to, shit to, time, yeah dude uh, uh, tell any comedian around the country not one bringer show that I can that I can think nope. of like uh I don't know man it's tough I I don't know what's going to pop up I'm sure so many new places are going to pop up it's going to be a whole new world and that's uh that's a little scary it is because now it's like it's going to be a whole new scene once you you know you have a scene and it's yeah. just it's it's a lot of scenes kind of have to start over this one especially I think especially yeah. because of basically the death of Hambones so uh, yeah. metaphorically and you know i mean and jeff well, and anyway it's just yeah yeah that was, that was yeah. a sad story all around yeah um so think, you know <laughs> hey well, and no listen th- that this podcast isn't unafraid to go there that's and, what it um, is no yeah that's what it is man it's real pretty much every episode we dive into hand bones because like that that it's tough we talk to musicians we talk to writers we talk to you know comedians and everyone and it's touched all of us yeah and jeff like, was someone who we all knew and and i think really you know whether you knew him well, like he was a figure in your life. If you were a, a, a comedian, a musician, possibly an artist and a writer, like these were th- th- that place and his approach to booking and like, oh, yeah. like opening his space was, was really, really important. Yeah. I mean, the people like him are huge in anybody's creative career individually or even in like in a city. I mean, it's, you need those people that don't care about is, uh, you know, they care more about their artists than the profits sometimes. Yep. So, Right. Yeah, yeah, it's fitting you talk about like like scene starting over because I feel like we've talked about this with with the music scene and like how so you know the Rex closed, Brillo Box closed, Hambones obviously closed. Um, other other venues have have closed either directly because of this or you know like around this and, and this didn't help. Um, but I feel like every one of those had a mini scene, like whether it was a generational piece of the music scene like the rex had its kind of piece of the music mm. scene the brillo box had its sure. piece of the music scene i bet Hambones had its kind of like comedy scene versus pleasure bar versus some of the other possibly yeah. but like you you worry about like where the people coming up then now have a place to go because that like some of these introductory yeah, spaces are gone yeah i think like i you know not a lot of people know like i not regrettably but i have a background in church okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've 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 a degree in uh, adolescent ministry and counseling. So uh, I was a, I was a youth pastor. So really, right you were a youth pastor. Yeah, that was your first I, I oh, watched. Man. So I watched your special, and it was yeah. great. It was very very funny. Hey, thanks. And I I saw that there was a history there, but I still assumed that the youth pastor bit was a bit. I didn't yeah, realize that you were actually that. Yeah, that I still dress like a non-denominational youth pastor. <laughs> um, 
No, but like you know, honestly, man, everybody. I, I after you know, I've been I've been doing it a lot of, in entertainment my whole life, even when I worked elsewhere, and you know, especially with stand up, my last you know, 10, 11, 12 years. You know, everybody needs a church. There's everybody has somewhere yeah. they want to belong, and comedy is a church. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, I know it well. And <laughs> you know, and people people need somewhere to go. You know, people they have their bars, they have their watering holes, they have their bowling teams, they have their halo, whatever. Comedy is our thing, and uh, I I don't want another church. It's like you don't want like a bad church stealing your your kids. You know what I mean? Like you don't want you don't you don't want your don't go down there. They're Episcopalians or what? You know what I mean? Like you're kind of you know. Also, like I always look at I have always looked out for the comedy scene as like you know I, I laugh like I'm the dad and like I used to be a youth pastor, but sometimes I'm mean, like I'm trying to look out for these kids. You know they're idiots. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So like you know, I always I just hope I just I got a hand bones and I just mostly want to like get up and hug half the people who get on that stage. That's yeah, all. I know, Guys, yeah, it's not, man. It's not that. It's not that bad. Yeah, gotta... I mean, you know, you want you want somewhere safe for them to be. You know what I mean? And I and yeah. I've always I've always tried to make Pleasure Bar a place like that where it's like, hey, I've always told people I'm like Pleasure Bar is the kindergarten of open mics. Like if you don't want to go to Handbones, come here first. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like and even Derek Derek was like, go to Pleasure Bar. Aaron will hug you and you know there'll be four people there and they'll buy you a drink it'll be nice you know what i mean like it was like you know but oh, yeah awesome. i mean i want i want a place for people to be safe to go out and just have fun and be themselves and get on the mic and and that's what that's what stand-up is it's just it's like welcoming all these kids into youth group you know what i mean like that's what it is that's sure. like it's like oh yeah we got a mic here go talk about your hopes and dreams and your fears and we're gonna listen and maybe laugh at you and you know what I mean? Uh, are they giving out some drinks? Yeah, you want a free drink? Like that's it. You want to go talk in the cigarette smoke over the cigarettes, <laughs> the cigarette circle about your problems? I mean, it's right. yeah. I'm always I'm always leery that we're not going to have you know a place like that, but I'm sure it'll pop up. I, I have a new fear that's cropped up just in, in the last couple of days. I, I don't know if you've because you you I don't know how much you're on Facebook. I, I'm not very much, but I started like, every once in a while I'll go down a rabbit hole of like the Pittsburgh comedy scene Facebook. Sure. And I'm I'm seeing like this because some people are out open micing now, right? They're going like some bars yeah. are having sketchy yeah, really? COVID policies. Yeah, there's and, there's there's a lot some, of doing some shit. That's a it's a it's a big stri- it's it's actually it's it's hard it's hard to watch that it's for yeah. multiple reasons because there's a lot of clubs open. Yeah. There's a lot of clubs that I play that are open that they're like, oh, you're not working? Okay, I'm like. I, I don't even know how to tell you. I don't even know how to respond. Like, I don't know how to respond to that. And there's people like, hey, we're doing spots tonight. Like, we're at a bar in Allegheny County. We're doing the open mic. Right. I'm like, There's a running list in my head of, like, places I'm not interested in going back to just for that but reason. i'm worried it's going to cause like and you know how and how facebook is so people like someone will post hey we're having an open mic night who wants to spot and then some people climb in with like what the fuck are you guys doing there's a pandemic going on and there's a back and forth like you stay in your yeah and it just i feel like there's gonna we're gonna come out of this and there's gonna be i mean in comedy and probably in the world writ large just like the split of people who took shit seriously and the people who thought they were those people were overreacting and i don't know i don't know like and this is a small town to have that big of a of a divide i wonder how yeah man that's why yeah i i I don't know i I don't know what that (laughs) you know and look i i have friends that are out doing stuff and i look and i you look i choose 
to do what I'm doing for my family. You know what I mean? Right. There are there are some people that they don't have, you know, elderly family members. They're healthy. They wear a mask. They're 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 out there not being an asshole and they're trying to do their thing. And you know, I respect them. If they're able to figure out how to do what they're doing and they're following like protocols and you know what I mean and they have a bubble of people they want to hang out with and hey, do you, you know, like but you know it's it's hard it's hard you know watching some of my friends who are working clubs mm-hmm. when you say it's hard do you mean it's hard like i like fomo like i miss i missed that yeah vision? or okay oh, yeah. all right because i mean there's also the it's hard like like you stopped you i mean you you stopped being you know merv griffin uh because <laughs> you stopped being yeah, like yeah, like yeah, merv yeah. griffin for tips you know yeah uh, right. so did you the first did, only what, what, merv griffin reference in this podcast i'm sure for no, well, in this episode, yes. Uh, <laughs> but so, like, why, like, what if, what did you do subsequent? Is it just unemployment and like, and and monetizing maybe the podcast? Yeah, I mean, my podcast, my last podcast episode was in August. I have not done a podcast since August. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just, and that was with Doctor Doctor G. Uh, she's pretty awesome. So over the last over the last couple of years, I actually have an old comedy partner that I used to do sketch comedy with, and uh, he he uh, worked in the IATSE union, uh, you know, building sets for you know films, and is a carpenter, and um, he's a house flipper, and I'm pretty handy. I've done a lot of stuff in my own houses. I've done, I've this is I'm in my third house that you know I've I've done a couple before me. So over the last couple of years, if, you know, if I ever had like an open two weeks or three weeks or a month or, you know, there's, there's been times where you have like a month where you have nothing good. You're like, I need to make a thousand dollars, you know? Yeah. So, you know, my buddy, you know, uh, he would hit me up and was like, Hey, are you busy? You know, next week, do you want to tile a bathroom for me? It'll take like two days. And I'm like, uh, okay, sure. You yeah, know? Sure. So I did a couple random things for my buddy like that. And, and it's, you know, then when, uh, the pandemic started, uh, I basically was just like, Hey, I want to flip houses. Like, and I've done it on my own in a longer format. You know what I mean? Like over like a year or two or, you know, and I just thought, you know, comedy is not coming back. Live comedy is not coming back anytime soon. And, and I don't know how long it's going to take to make a full salary in entertainment. I don't know when that's going to happen again. So I thought, well, I better get some residual income, something. I better get some kind of passive income. And I mean, dude, I, I quit real jobs so I could be an actor. I had to quit, you know, my last real job to go film a movie for, you know, two months, you know, how long, years and years ago. So like, you can't just like go to auditions and work at a bank. That's just, and I know, listen, and I know, listen, I know there may be some like entertainers listening and you're like, well, that's what you do. That like, you have to like have a part-time job and you go to auditions and I did that 10 years right. ago. <laughs> my tw- my 20s were three jobs filming an independent movie, doing sketch comedy, driving back and forth to Chicago to she- Second City. I did all that in one year. I did all that. I did, I did all that living in a one-bedroom apartment and blah, blah, blah. You know, you right. don't just Uber and make up a full-time job. And speaking of, I mean, not to like bring up politics again, but hmm, then we start talking about the minimum wage. And then you're like, the jobs that my wife and I are qualified right now, Right. We could no no chance make over fifteen dollars an hour. Not a chance. Not a yeah. chance. Probably not, not even a chance. Like collectively, like together. My 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 wife's them. a preschool teacher. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she can't even do that. She's been unemployed. And then I'm like, oh, I have uh, I worked in advertising and marketing. I was a creative director. When was that? Two thousand and seven. 
Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, what am I supposed to do? This is how old I am. Like, to me, that sounds like, oh, that's pretty recent. That was just a couple years ago. Like, <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's, but, yeah. but really, like, what You're am right. I supposed to I'm, I'm going to be a used pastor. I'm a swearing pothead comedian now. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what, like, <laughs> what am I, what are we supposed to do? You know, right. so. What do we do now? I, you know, I just thought, what, what am I going to do for the next year or two that I know how to do? And I, I can build stuff, I guess. I'm good at doing stuff like that. So I basically said to my buddy, I was like, can I come? Can you teach me how to be a carpenter? Can I, like, teach me what I don't know? So I've basically been being a carpenter's apprentice for, like, six months, eight months. That's um, awesome. Wow. Uh, and I, I have various projects on my Instagram that you can see. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, what's your Instagram handle? Just my name, Aaron, Aaron Cliver, just my name. You're lucky in a way that you at least had that, like, that you're handy. Very lucky. (laughs) Well, because no one's ever called me to say, hey, do you want to help tile this bathroom? Because that, like, they they know the answer to that is you'll, you'll kill yourself accidentally. You throw that away, but I really, like, I really mean to say, like, for the circumstances to be where they are for me and my family, I mean, I don't know how else we could be doing this. If there was any other situation that I couldn't learn how to like get a rental property and and flip it. My house is gone. Like there's no way to pay for my house. We're begging our parents for money. Like that's what where we 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 would be at and I don't want to be there. I don't want to do that. I don't want, you know, my parents to have to get another mortgage or like I don't that's not going to happen. You know, you just got to figure out what you got to do. And the whole reason that we're home is for our grandparents. And I would be remiss to like not mention that. I mentioned it, you know, at this uh, the Post Gazette article interview I did, you know, it's like, well, okay, well, all these comedians are working. What are? Why are you at home? It's for my. It's for my our parents. Yeah. It's you know, and I don't want it either. I'm a fat piece of shit. I don't want it. Like I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll die. You know, I was smoke. I was smoking Newports when I was twelve. Like I'm gonna die. Okay, if I get COVID. Okay. <laughs> wow, menthols at twelve. That's a strong choice. Yeah, That's dude. Yes, I, dude. I was on Newports from twelve to fifteen. How about that? That was their developmental years. Um, <laughs> my wife and I made a decision in 2015 to not move to Los Angeles. Like, I, we were going to do I was looking at houses. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I auditioned for a warm-up job. We were going to do it. And it was just like, we have three kids. Well, no, at the time, we had two kids. And we have all four grandparents who are super close to us, who are all live within 10, 15 minutes of us, who are, you know, we're very close with both of them, close family, you know. And we didn't move. You know, we just thought, you know what, I'm going to do this from Pittsburgh and we're just going to do it. And we're going to buy a house and a yard here for my kids and we're going to do it from here. And it's been amazing. And especially now, man, the fact that I put, you know, I put the effort into instead of flipping a house and moving to Los Angeles, I flipped a house and got a bigger house with a yard for my kids. And right now, oh, man, is that a blessing? (laughs) Like it's... I mean, having our own kind of little island, you know, but now it's thinking like, you know, we stayed here for them. It's like now, like, you know, what I'm going to, you know, go to Oklahoma to make a thousand dollars and my kids don't see their grandparents like, you know, and I got to say it that way for myself, you know, like to keep convincing myself, like, because that's what it is, man. Yeah. I don't know about you, but there's days where I'm like, are we crazy? I'm crazy, right? Like this, I'm, oh yeah, I'm the one. Oh, well, when you see people it. who are living like nothing is going on. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what kills me. That's, that's like the zone 28 thing. Like I, I work from home. My wife works. We don't see anyone. Right. And then I, and we haven't been to a restaurant since March. Yep. And then I like go out the house and like, you know, Bob Evans is fucking booming. I'm like what the Fri- <laughs> Fri- Friday night, Applebee's is packed. Packed. <laughs> what? 
And I drive around and I'm like, why am I jobless? Right. Why can't I see my friends? Why haven't I eaten nothing but the same two pizza places in nine months? Like, what am I doing even? If Applebee's is packed, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> not to be the name of your performing. next album. If Applebee's is packed, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, because that's uh, concrete. Like, the numbers are abstract. But the seeing people, like, you know, not give a fuck and, and be, you know, drink their Apple teenies is, and that liter- is solid. And literally just not even it's not even math at this point it's just counting like it's literally just watching numbers go up it's not even math anymore it's not even complicated math it's just more people keep dying like it's just like mounds mountains of people have died you turn on the mountain and there are there are nurses begging you like begging you saying like i haven't i haven't <laughs> I slept in, and it, no, in a no. month and and what's funny is like you're right. not talking and and you'll say that and they'll be like cnn no 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 it's everybody <laughs> there are nurses and doctors all over the world in different languages they're in dirt villages the one doctor in a village is like please wear a mask like yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> what world do you live in like <laughs> Just to play devil's I, advocate, have you have you had an apple teeny though at, at Applebee's? Because <laughs> I guess that I is mean, worth. Th- I'm just, just going to say, like, if you have you had a ribwich basket, <laughs> <laughs> you get ribs and a bun in case you want to make it a sandwich. Some things oh. worth bringing down civilization society yeah yeah we 100 percent. we had a whole chunk on not judging people and and went the whole other direction and i'm not even mad about what else can we Uh, talk about so since you haven't been out and about aaron do you have like any like you're not working out bits do you have any bits like that are unformed you don't have to work you don't have to like you know perform them for us just just talk like anything you want to talk out that we can because zub and i are experts at telling you if it's anything if it's worth that's the whole thing here yeah I sit on my porch. I sit on my. Okay, this is not. I'm not like running the bit, but I real. Yeah. But I am. I'm, I'm, I'm talking it out. Talk. talk so it like out. I, that's, I. That's what we're here for. I sit on my porch a lot now because like uh, like I have like land, you know. So I sit there like an right. old man, like looking <laughs> looking at my borders. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Whittle, uh, maybe a little whittling. Yeah, you know where you just look at that pine tree and you're like, "That's mine over there." <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know about see, that. See that tree? That's my. See? Wait, no, no. Way back. Yeah, that's mine. Do you um, see that with those weeds? I rent yes, them. Yes, that's mine. Monthly, I have <laughs> yeah. to pay for those weeds. No, no, don't, don't put that money into ownership, Zoo. So, like, I just sit there and I, I find myself like, like spitting off my porch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, and I thought I'm like I haven't like just spit for like years. Like maybe when you're like in college smoking a cigarette and you're spitting, but like I haven't spit in years. Even like I played hockey and people spit on the ice and like I don't spit. Like I just, and then I thought like. Remember when spitting was like an insult? Like I, it made me I think of out of nowhere. And then I just got all this like remember when like did you ever have like an old uncle? Is that yeah. a Jew is it did Jews do that? Wait, uh, Jews have old uncles. Does yes. everyone yes. do that? Okay, just checking. <laughs> like when someone something would like disgust them and they'd be Oh just, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they say someone's spit name on the ground. Spit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You say <sighs> Trump and you spit. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're saying. <sighs> Bro, I thought of that concept, and I'm like, I'm bringing that shit back. It is, <laughs> it is so powerful. Well, especially and now I've, when your spit can kill people. Like that's like that's, I know, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. I thought it was really funny because I because I'll take a drive in my car and listen to a podcast. You know what I mean? I'll drive around for like a half an hour because that's what gasoline's for now. It's just right. so that we don't mm-hmm. burn our house down with our family inside. Um, <laughs> 
but like I was driving around and I was thinking of that like bit. I want to clarify. It's getting late, so I'm getting a little loopy. What I'm about to say, I'm still stopping myself because I'm still worried that people won't like me and that I may lose a fan. That's literally what I'm thinking right now. So uh, your, your fans that aren't, aren't listening to this. That literally doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. That does not. <laughs> it does, but you know what I mean. So I thought I was like, isn't it really funny? Like, what would I spit at? Like, what would be so despicable to me that I would spit at? And I kid you not, like January 7th or 8th, I'm driving around and I see a yard that's still got Trump flags. Yeah. And let me let me tell you something. My best friend that I work with, he's he's the carpenter. He's he's Iraq, Iraq war veteran. He lived with me two years after he got back from Iraq. And one thing that he railed on that really got to me was like, he said seeing a guy's name on a flag made him nuts. Oh, wow. He said that's despicable. And when I thought of that, after January 6th, I opened my window and I spit on the ground. And every time I drive past that house, I stop and spit on the ground in front of their house. And that is what that feels like. That is exactly what that's for and you feel it when you find what to do it for but like can you so cathartic and when it like it fits so perfect you're like i get it i I get like can you imagine you can't you got to use it like i said it's got to fit but when you do when i use it in real life i hope it's in front of my children because let me tell you something if they saw their father Look at that situation or person and spit on the ground in anger. Oh, that can you imagine the feeling? Yeah. Like they do. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, okay, that's a great thing to bring back. I love it. I don't know I if it. that's a bit. Well, but I think so. <laughs> I, was, I made I made it more serious. I'm Aaron the Act Out King Cliber, so that will definitely progress into silliness. But like, if it's a bit, doesn't the thing have to be? Because wanting to spit on someone who has a Trump flag, like that's legit. It's got to be something, right? Super. That's small. the beginning. That's like, the setup. Like, like we're at a point now where I'm yeah. taking my kids out to ice cream and someone orders mint chocolate chip and I spit on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? right. like, that's, that's what I'm boom, saying. Though. There's the punchline. You know, <laughs> I mean? discovered a pa- like that's so much power. Like you can right. actually you can define your kids right. not just their moral tastes, but their their all of their tastes if you just yeah. judiciously spit. You know. I mean, can you imagine if, like, you come up to a person that your kids see as, like, threatening, like a foe? You know what I mean? And you spit on the ground in front of your foe? Oh! Yeah. Really depends like, on what happens oh, next. Good. I mean, your, right. kid, your, your kids are like, my dad could win a Wild West gunfight. Like, they <laughs> would believe in you forever. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Uh, I love it. Yeah. It's something. That, That's something. That is something. There's something there. I'll give you I will reveal the secret is it's always something I've never not said it's something because that's a really rude thing to say to a guest but that is something it's very there's funny something. There's, something there. there's something there there's something there it may just be emotional manipulation of your children but it's something right. <laughs> I know right uh, yeah we have a speed round uh, okay. we call it the thunderbolt round for uh, reasons that I'm sure we don't have to explain to you but uh, for click, our click, audience click, 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 click. yeah 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 so the questions are usually relatively consistent depending on mm. how well we remember the questions from uh, interview to interview. Mm. But uh, I, think, I think we're getting a handle on it now. You know, so. we, we, you know, we waver I'm a little in. bit. I think the first question is, what is one thing you thought you, you thought you would 
dive into during the pandemic? You know, like Shakespeare wrote whatever he wrote during the pandemic. What's the big thing you thought you would do that you did not do? I honestly tried to uh, get back into drawing and coloring. Mm. Uh, my kids are super artistic. My daughters are super artistic. And I do like have like adult coloring books. I'll do that. I'll draw a little bit, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, like when I'm super bored on a plane or something. But I was like, oh, let me really get into it. My kids are really into it. And I just like couldn't. And I remember drawing and like loving it and like coloring. And I'm just like 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, get me out of here. What's the thing that you said you were going to do and did end up doing? Tear out my basement stairs. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. You Man. replace them, right? It's not just like a hop down the basement. No, they're gone. They're gone right now, actually. But the fact that I've been talking about it since the day I moved in three years ago and I finally just did it like last week and I'm pretty pumped. Right on. That's- that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think the the biggest thing I've done to my house, like myself, that I haven't paid somebody to do, and it's like, uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, I don't even know what it would be. I get <laughs> I get super excited when I like I'm like a if I change the light bulb, that's like a big day. Oh my I, gosh, it's a, it's a sad situation. Hold on, let me let me let me man one up you. I tore out my basement stairs and then I burned them in a fire barrel in my backyard. That's not oh. one upping him. That's several upping him. That's that is. Bats. I'm going to throw the fire barrel in there. Fully the the fire him. barrel that I made. Oh wow, Aaron, you don't. I mean, you don't need to just like humiliate me. No, no, no I just had to say. I had to add all no that. No need. Uh, the one thing that like I cannot believe that has happened over the pandemic is that my family is obsessed with wrestling now. Oh, really? like wow. we, I was a moderate wrestler fan some of my life in high school. I watched it with my buddies, you know, I, you know, I'll watch WrestleMania a little bit here and there. Maybe I'll watch Royal Rumble. I don't know, whatever. But all of a sudden, you know, we were just sitting down looking for stuff to watch. Like, you know, I have three kids, dude. I have five, 10 and 12. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to keep us all entertained. Tough range. You know, it's, Jeez. well, yeah, because one kid's begging for Daniel Tiger and the other kid wants to watch Black Panther. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. like, so out of nowhere, it was, yeah, it was, it was February. The Royal Rumble. I was, I borrowed my buddy's password for WWE Network. It just because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm watching some old Macho Man right. matches, whatever, you know what I mean? And I thought, the Royal Rumble's on. They have all girls now. I'm like, let's check this out, you know, whatever, because I kind of want to watch it. I'm going to watch the Royal Rumble. It's always fun, you know? Yeah. And I put on the Royal Rumble, all-female Royal Rumble, and I saw my two little girls who love princesses and singing and dancing and She-Ra and, you know... Like they play everything, they run around the yard as wizards and princes and you know right. whatever and and they're and I just realized they're like loving this, and I'm like, all they're watching is tough ass princesses beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> I saw my girls just like light up, they were just like they're princesses, but they're strong, and they're beating the hell out of each. This is amazing. <laughs> Like, and like, we just, I mean, we're in now. My little five-year-old wow. made her own belts. Like, she's in. <laughs> now they, they got belts for Christmas. They got belts for Christmas. We are having a WWE party for my five-year-old's birthday party. Oh, I like, love that. She lives obsessed with Asuka. She runs around screaming gibberish Japanese. It's the craziest, funniest thing I've ever seen. She's obsessed with it. She loves it. That's like, like in I, pandemic and my, all, no, like, all my kids love it. 
Yeah. All my kids love it. And, like, it's funny because uh, right now, <laughs> objectively, the women are so much better than men. The men are just a joke. <laughs> they're just, they're just, they're just Kodiak bears wrestling. It's just the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. But, like, like, our whole family is, like, into it. We're, like, cheering on who's fighting in WrestleMania. Like, and it's just, like, strong, positive women beating the crap out of each other. And they boo the men, and we fast forward, and we watch the women only. That's, that's like, a huge, <laughs> that's, that's such a good one because, you know, <laughs> We were struggling to find stuff to watch with our family. And so I, dude, what, what we had to do is that we had to kind of like fast forward the sex talk because I felt like once I had the sex talk with both my kids, yeah. then it opened yeah. up a world of movies and I could like start watching like yeah. Caddyshack. And uh, so they, we went through the whole like pantheon of inappropriate 80s movies that I had forgotten yeah. how bad they were. But I'm like, well, yeah. now I know what You're sex like, is. That so does not hold this. up. It was great. You know, it's that. funny, like, we, we watched a lot of movies over the pandemic, and you definitely realize that, like, kissing and swearing and butts are not the thing that I'm worried about. Like, I right. I didn't let my kids watch Winter Soldier for a while, because it was just <laughs> dudes in tactical gear with machine guns for Violence. two hours. Yeah, right. It was just like, you know, and like, you know. Oh, wow, but yeah. Then, I know you don't think about that until you have, like, little kids running around, they're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's the stuff that you know, people like. Um, you know, the, the sex stuff is like. I, I mean, once once they know what that is, and you. I mean, mostly I wanted to know what that was they, because they, then they wouldn't interrupt the fucking movie to ask me every like to explain every question, <laughs> every I scene. Know, right? like, once they know that's it, funny. and they're like, I just look at them like it's a sex thing. Like, ah, okay, and we can just. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah, that's funny. I know. I have a joke with my son, you know, who's ten, where he's like, you know, he's always like, "Daddy, when when can we watch Terminator?" And I'm like. When you're 15, we'll put on Terminator. It'll be great. <laughs> so, like, when he's 15, we're just having this sleepover, and it's just going to be Terminator, Predator, like, <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be everything. So, okay, sorry. Right. Quick questions. Yes, that was question, great. Question. All right. Yeah, uh, tell us about the first time you met Rick Seebeck. Uh, Rick? I don't know, man. I, I think Rick's one of those people that definitely I met saying hello multiple times over a couple of different things, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, events and stuff like that but I will say that that I solidified my friendship with Rick for sure at Arcade he was you know you just get around and say hi to people but you know once we kind of tapped Rick to kind of you know come and like you know host something and be in like a live read uh, he narrated a Christmas story you know being able to spend time with him there you know and just a love for a, a theater like Arcade you know and then like uh, my buddy Jason Clark and I, who's the operation manager now, like we had a, like a breakfast club with Rick for a little while, which was pretty dope. <laughs> awesome. uh, yeah, we got to do some fundraiser meals with people where basically it was like have a meal with like me and Jason and Rick Seebeck. And, but definitely, yeah, yeah, I can't pinpoint, but I, I've had a couple good moments. Oh, he read, he read the night, the Christmas Eve, the Christmas, what is it called? Uh, it was the night before Christmas. Oh, that was yeah. really cool. That was he invited my kids to night before. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas at Kennywood. I remember that. I was out of town, but my wife and kids went. and He really took care of them. It was really cool. Oh, he's it was really best, nice. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, the, the, nice. Our our end. Go, like we're gonna do as many episodes as it takes to get through a pandemic. And the last one, we're gonna have Rick C back on. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about hot That's dogs. Great. There was a, there might have been a point where because he definitely uh, showed me the best uh, corned beef hash in Pittsburgh. And it's at Square Cafe. But, like, I, there's a point where I'm like, I need to stop texting him about every food item. Because, <laughs> like, because, you know, when you, you get in that mode where you're like, I can find out the best. And it's not just, like, Googling. You're not asking Facebook, hey, guys, what's the best pizza? And then everyone lists their neighborhood pizza place. Um, anyway, 
This is actually a perfect segue to our last question of the the Thunderbolt round. Uh, and that is, uh, and thank you so much for staying staying up with us uh, yeah. to this point. What this, we call this the career ender. What is the most overrated Pittsburgh food? The Gallerito. Oh, oh, that's a new one. That's, that's an interesting controversial. One. That is. Controversial. I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I'm, chill I'm, out. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like it's good. It's good. Like, <laughs> like relax. Like, come on. <laughs> The Chi-Chi's of now <laughs> puts, puts turkey in a burrito and get the shit, relax. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I'm with you. I don't like, I don't like Thanksgiving food. I'll say it here on a podcast. I don't, I, I don't, don't, I don't like, like turkey. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, like Thanksgiving food either, but if you put it in a burrito, it's fucking delicious. Yeah, you know what? Why would it be that? Guess what? Guess I'm going to, I'm going to end it on even more controversial. <laughs> get go made their version <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same kind of the same yeah i want to put them side by side i yeah. want to plate them i want to plate uh the gobblerita or whatever it's called and get goes like thanksgiving burrito i want to put them next to each other that's, that's a good blind taste yeah, test see if that. a hipster you, can tell the difference you dummies <laughs> anyway sorry no. it's getting late that's i'm getting that's drunk now Right. Uh, thanks for thanks for staying up with us and 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 having fun with us and, and talking and all that. I'm just happy to talk to like creative, fun people. Oh, well, yeah, well, that aren't ins- we that aren't insane. Little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. It, was, it was good to see you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, this Have was a good, good night. Man. I'll let you get to bed now. I hope hey. I hope all I hope all is well. I hope you're staying healthy. And uh, <laughs> I, I was it thinking, is, like, it is what it is, man. You can I can tell how long I've I've it's been since I've talked to someone over email like on the sign off like I've talked to them every day it's kind of like hope you're doing good hope 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 you're doing well and then like yeah. if it's been a while it's like hope your family is all together and like healthy and you know like the, it really gets I know it gets intense the further it's been <laughs> right. since I've talked to them I agree the last time. I, I I don't want to write emails <laughs> like when you like I'm like I haven't talked to this person in six months what do I say I hope you're not dead hope what, everyone like, you know is alive will you answer this I know alive. like are you I know, right? All right. Well, on that on that actual note, thanks for staying up with us, man, and hanging out. This was great. Thanks, dudes. And that was our conversation with Aaron Kleiber. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed having it. I, I do hope that becomes a new thing. Spitting, just spitting, spitting in protest. And disgust. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... And especially kind of as a celebration of like the pandemic over, and it's okay, like when it becomes okay to spit, like that will be our way to like to really embrace the getting back to normal. I'm on board with it until the first time it happens to me, and then I'm I'm no longer on board. <laughs> and I'm immediately against it again. I mean, the first time it happens to you will be from me, probably. <laughs> like when. All right. Well, you know what? In that case, then like I'm winning. <laughs> you know, you make some enemies. Yeah, that was a great conversation. That was so lively, and and you know, he he's such a cool, interesting person to, to talk to. I was so honored that he he agreed to come on because like you know, well, I guess he's not busy right now, but he's <laughs> no. But see, I was a, I was a bi- I felt like that was a big get. I was happy he was on board because yeah. he's a he's an in demand guy and a funny guy, yes. and he is a smart guy. So it was fun to talk to him. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in or whatever you do to podcasts, downloading in. If you enjoyed the episode, please you know rate, review it, subscribe to it on, uh, on Apple Podcasts or any of your, your native podcast apps. Please frequent our, our sponsor for the episode. 
Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candles. Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina candles. The only candle that you need to watch closely. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candles. An exciting candle, but not in the way that you were hoping. Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina candle. <laughs> Do you write these down before we have these meetings? That's or was Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle just on your mind just now? I, for some I just re-listened to the Brian Broom episode, and uh, and he brings it up. For those of you who didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. Wow, that was a nice like double plug you did there, man. That was that was a brilliant podcasting Thank shit you. right there. That Thank was you. good. Yes, and then obviously the website is Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candles dot com slash what do we do uh, for fifteen percent off of your exploding candle. <laughs> I don't think there's much else to say except enjoy and please tune us in next week in a week and a half or <laughs> so when Addie Twig will be our yes, next guest. That was a lot of fun that conversation. So uh, you're gonna want you're gonna want to come back for that. She one. is. Yeah. So come back for that and thank you very much for listening and we will talk Bye-bye. to you all soon or we will we'll talk, talk at you with all soon. Us at you all very soon. That. Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.